We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you ready for game day rapid fire? Uh, yeah, I'm always ready for game day rapid fire. Let's just start off with our Stanford question then, since we're kind of on that topic okay. right now. Fill in the blank. You would fill blank if Notre Dame and Stanford never played again after today. Slightly disappointed because you threw the word never. Again. Ah, okay. I, I don't mind, and, and there's a, a faction of Notre Dame fans out there that just want them to play like academic schools and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I get it. You want to reward like-minded schools like a Northwestern, like a Vanderbilt, like a Stanford, you know, yeah. because they keep their standards high. And I, I do appreciate that as a Notre Dame fan. And so I just don't want them on the schedule all the time. You know, <laughs> I mean, I have no problem having one of those a year. Right. And so maybe put it into a rotation, find four like-minded schools, put them into a rotation. You play one of them each year. Okay. Obviously Virginia would fit that bill, but they're an ACC team. So they're going to be in the rotation anyway. So I don't know who that fourth school would be, but like I said, a Northwestern, a Vanderbilt, a Stanford, right? You find a fourth school, you put them into a rotation, you play one a year and you're good to go. I, I, I would be very happy with that as opposed to playing Stanford year in and year out. Yeah, I can see everything that you're saying, but personally, I would feel remorseless if <laughs> Notre Dame and Stanford never played again. I just, it just, it's never done anything for me. It, the fact, just because they've started playing every year for what, you know, the last 25 years, again, with the exception of the pandemic year, it, it's just never been that exciting a game. Right. For me, you know, it's it's never been on the level of USC or Michigan for me, or even sure. Michigan State or Purdue Absolutely. before that. You know, the, the only thing it's really accomplished is, you know, whenever Notre Dame decided we, you know, we want to be on the West Coast every Thanksgiving weekend. So one year you've got Southern California, the other year you've got Northern California. I get, you know, and the question that comes up is Rob asked earlier, if we give up playing Stanford every year, who would you get to replace them on a yearly basis? And this is something that we did talk about during the yeah. week, but there are plenty of West Coast schools. Like if you want to be on the West, you know, because one, it's Northern California. It, it's not even Southern California, you know, it's where it's USD. Yeah. That Southern California is. Yeah. I mean, you just happen to be in the same state. Yeah, exactly. And it's, as people who have been out there know, it's practically a different state to begin with. You That's know, fair. So, but like, 
you know, there's there's UCLA, there's Cal if you wanted to. You know, there's there's Oregon farther north, there's Washington. Washington. Yeah. You know, why not just replace these? You know, as you, as you said, okay, if you want to keep them as part of a rotation, make them you know, like maybe every fourth or fifth year or something like that. Okay, but rotate those other schools through. Yeah. Do a home and home with UCLA that weekend, with Oregon, with Washington, whoever it happens to be, with Cal. Get them all on the rotation. I just... Just because someone, just because a, a, a Notre Dame club decided to buy a trophy <laughs> and turn it into a trophy game, doesn't make it any more a rivalry for me. I've just never bought into it. No, and I never will. I mean, it's it was competitive very briefly, you know, and it just hasn't been. And I don't see it getting back to that point uh, anytime soon. So yeah. I, I would, I just, it doesn't get me excited, like you said, and I. The fact that they that it's a night game makes it even worse, in my opinion. I, I just I do not like this game being the night game. And I realize the home slate, they wanted two night games. The Clemson game is a no-brainer. The, you know, they wanted a night That's game in October, and there really is well, Yeah, like what else are you gonna make the night game right. if you're gonna have a couple home night games? Right. You know? Absolutely no, no doubt about it. And so I get it, I understand it, I just don't like it. I would rather it be a bigger game to be a night game. If I'm having to stay up till two in the morning, I would enjoy it being a better opponent. And, you know, as we're knocking Stanford, of course, they'll probably come out and win. So, you know, got to be careful there. But at the same time, Stanford just doesn't do anything for me. They just don't. And of course, Bill Walsh, who was once coached Stanford and <laughs> did Notre Dame games on TV for a while, says, good point, big state. I realize it's not the same Bill Walsh, but still. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. If you love drinking coffee every morning, you have to check out Trade Coffee. Trade makes it super easy to get the best coffee delivered fresh from the finest local roasters around the country. Trade Coffee is a coffee subscription service that makes it so simple for you to discover new coffees and make your best cup of coffee at home every day. No fancy equipment required. Trade partners with the nation's top-rated independent roasters to send you coffee that they know you'll love, fresh to your home and on your preferred schedule. And you get to support small local businesses, which is a win-win. Whether you already know what you like or are new to specialty coffee and need some help, Trade makes it easy and convenient to discover new coffees. They'll send you ground coffee or whole beans for however you make coffee at home. My wife likes a dark roast with full flavor, and every brand we've tried has lived up to the billing. Whether it's the Big City Blend from Joe's Coffee, the Black Velvet from Atomic Coffee Roasters, or the Holmes Blend from Sparrow's, Every cup has not only had a pleasing aroma while brewing, but also a rich, full taste. So whether you're just getting started or a coffee aficionado looking to discover something new, Trade guarantees you'll love your first bag or they'll send you a new one for free. Upgrade your coffee today with Trade Coffee and let them take the guesswork out of finding your perfect cup. Right now, Trade is offering our listeners a total of $30 off your subscription, plus free shipping at drinktrade.com irish. That's drinktrade.com slash Irish for $30 off your subscription to the best coffees in the country. That's drinktrade.com slash Irish. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Michael Mayer has 71, he had 71 receptions for 840 yards and seven touchdown catches last year. They're all single season records for a Notre Dame tight end. Do you buy or sell him breaking all three of those records this season? Uh, I think there's a decent possibility. The touchdown one, I think he has a great shot at getting. Uh, the, the, I mean, yeah, I think he's going to have a great shot at getting all three of those. I mean, I, I'm trying to convince myself otherwise on the other two, on the receptions and the yards, but I think they're all doable, especially if Drew Pine wants to keep force-feeding the ball to him, which Seriously. we haven't seen it not happen. And so at this point, you have to assume that it's going to continue to happen. And I, I, I get it. I think he's going to get all of it. His name, he is rewriting the tight end record book at Notre Dame, which is saying something considering who they've had in that tight end room over the years. Yeah. I mean, he's what a little less than a third of the way to the yards right now. He's almost halfway to the receptions right now. I'd be shocked if he doesn't end up with at least 10 touchdown catches this season, the way He's going. Jesse and I did an over-under of 89 and a half receptions for the season for him. Now, you know, that's that's going to be a, you know, a, a, a high clip. But at the rate he's going right now, through sure. five games, he has 33. I think he's got a really good shot of, of topping 90. You know, again, unless that's somebody does something. You know, I mean, 13 so unless, Yeah, with the bowl game thrown in there, which counts. Right. So I think that he's definitely going to break all three of the single season records that he set last year and again to me the biggest question is going to be what do the receptions end up being you know like do they end up being a massive haul that some other tight end is going to have a heck of a time ever even thinking about breaking i i I think that that he's very realistically going to have a chance to get at least 90 catches this year yeah I i think that's a that's a legitimate possibility i mean i hope he doesn't because that means that they got some other people involved in the pass game yeah, exactly. And that's that's the other thing, because right. like where he is right now with the catches, his 33 catches are the same amount as the next two guys, Lorenzo Styles and Chris Tyree combined. They have yeah. 19 and 14 equals 33. He has 33 right now. And that's the thing, like until and unless somebody else steps up. Right. Who else is going to get the, <laughs> the receiving yards? Exactly. Somebody... Not only do they need to, you know, it's a twofold, and we've I, we've kind of beat this dead horse. It's a twofold situation. They need to get open, and Drew Pine needs to throw it to them, right? Yep. Both of those things need to occur for the wide receivers to get more involved, and the running backs, for that matter, in the past game. And, you know, Chris Tyree would have one more reception if he didn't drop that screen, and he'd have a heck of a lot more True. yards, too. True. Which has the better chance to happen today? All three Irish running backs top 100 yards, or an Irish receiver has the first 100-yard day? 
for an Irish receiver this season. This kind of ties into what we were just talking about. So I need some clarification. Is it 100 yards total for each running back or 100 yards on the ground? This is – how did I do the question? Yeah, 100 yards from scrimmage. 100 okay. yards from scrimmage, okay. not, not on the ground. Sorry. Oh, that makes my answer a little bit more complicated then because I was saying if it was rushing yards, I'd say I'd see two out of the three getting 100 potentially, yeah. but not three – Oh man, we're talking about throwing in the passing game, and I think that could really. I'm, st you know what? I'm going to be optimistic, and I'm going to say the wide receiver. There's a wide receiver that's going to get 100 yards today. Let's mark it down. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I think that I, I, I've got to go the way the running backs are trending right now over the during this three game winning streak. At least one running back has topped 100 yards from scrimmage in each game. You go back to Cal, Tyree, and Estimate did it. You go to North Carolina, they all three did it. And then last week, because of the one catch that Estimate had, he did it as well. They're just the way that they're able to mix and match these guys right now and the fact that we haven't seen a Notre Dame receiver really step up. Yeah. I've got to go with the odds and go with the, re especially considering the fact that that what Stanford is, they're a sieve right. against the run. You know, they're the worst yeah. run defense Notre Dame has yeah. seen this season. So again, they won't all top 100 yards on the ground. If they did, that would be amazing. Yeah. But I, yeah. I do think total yards, all three have a better chance to get to that mark than an Irish receiver, just based on everything we've been talking about, that we still haven't seen a receiver step up. We're waiting for it. We're waiting. But I think the odds are better that a running, you know, that the three running backs all, right. all go over a hundred yards from scrimmage again. The best part is I'll be sitting right next to you and I'll be like, see, I told you. That's I mean, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Brent Smith, come on, man. You can't just focus on the negative. He, he's a Michael Mayer dropped a critical third down from Pine last Saturday. Well, yeah, but he also converted five other third downs. You right. know? It's like, exactly. You're right. It's a catch that he should have made, but really that was the only blemish on his day last week. Yeah. You know? I mean, he did have 11 catches and over 100 yards receiving, if I have yeah. correctly. So the 11 catches a record for a Notre Dame tight end. Come on, man. I mean, high expectations, I get it, but come on. Yeah, come on. Nobody's perfect. That's right. Okay, so Notre Dame and Stanford tied for last in the nation with just two turnovers forced apiece over under one total turnover in today's game. Oh man. Well, I you know, McKee is gonna want to throw the ball, or they're gonna want to throw the ball with McKee, I should say. That's really the only way they're gonna get the offense going. And I my hope is that they're able to pick off a couple passes today. I don't know that they're going to get any fumbles or anything like that, but I'm hoping they can pick off a few. And so I'm going to say over. I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to say over. But of all of the predictions made on this game, this is the one that I am least confident. In. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because, like, really, even their first interception last week against BYU was a gift. Like, what Hall was doing on that right. throw on the very first play that Bracey picked off it's like what are you doing there yeah. where are you even throwing that like ball there was sky ball I mean it's straight up and straight down I mean it wasn't even a competitive throw and if Bracey didn't pick that off then we'd have bigger question marks about that yeah and kind of like I was talking about with Harold a few minutes ago if one of these teams just out of the blue forces a lot of turnovers that's going to be a huge factor yeah in a game like this I'm gonna I'm gonna say over this this feels like a game because of the potential disruption Notre Dame should be able to force 
yeah. against a really suspect Stanford line that is likely to be out two starters, by the way. And I think we forgot to mention that earlier today. This should be a game where, where Notre Dame can force something. But right. we'll Hopefully. see. It, yeah, it hasn't happened so far. Hopefully. I know. Blake Fisher and Maris Leofel have both been named to the initial Comeback Player of the Year national watch list. Which of those two would you give it to if you had to make the decision today? Well, I think overall, I'll go from a how they're playing standpoint. I think they've kind of harnessed what Marist is doing. I think he's going to play better moving forward based on them kind of figuring him out. But Blake Fisher's been more on the uptick recently. Yeah. He didn't play great at the beginning, but I feel like he is being he is playing more consistent than Marist. And so I will go with Blake Fisher. And I know it's more difficult for an offensive lineman to win that award because there's just not the stat package to throw at people. Yeah, it's but, basically like sacks allowed or the biggest stat right. that you have for an offensive lineman. Right, and so it's probably going to be tougher for him to win it, but I'm still going to go with what I see with my eyes, so I'll go with Blake Fisher. Yeah, and the you know, you're right. There are no there're not enough stats where you can you know, put, you know, kind of combine, you know, it'll it'll basically be for, you know, Blake, how many sacks allowed? Most of sure. them came early in the season and then you know, as if the Irish run game keeps going more, they'll be able to say he contributed to an offensive line that helped pave the way for, you know, Notre Dame to run for 200 yards a game or, you know, whatever it ends up being right. that kind of thing. But the thing with Maris Leofau is linebacker is a very stat heavy position and he just has not produced, you know, whether it is stats or pressures or, you know, those, those kind of things, he has just been way too inconsistent. So I would have to put my vote in the Blake Fisher boat. I, I think that that across the board, you know, again, even though there aren't not are not a lot of stats to back it up, Blake Fisher's just played more consistently than Leofow has this year. Yep. yep, absolutely. Absolutely. And by the end of the year, you know, maybe Leofow's gonna have some of those eye-popping stats. You know, I mean that there's still plenty of not great offenses that they play against where that could be the case. And they also have two very high level uh matchups where he could make some noise. So, I mean, there's still a possibility for him to take this over, but as of right now, I would go with Blake Fisher. Right. Fill in the blank. You should fill blank. Oh, never mind. That was the, that was the wrong one. <laughs> that, that's oh, the man. one that we already did. A different fill in the blank. Tommy Reese said this week that he has to find a way to get Braden Lindsay going. The way to do that is blank. You've got to get him going in multiple different directions. He's not just a take the top off the defense guy, right? You got to get him on some reverses. You've got to get him on some screens. You've got to get him on some quick slants. You've got to move him around Jet a little sweep bit. type stuff. Yeah, and they they double pass, whatever. They've done that with him in the past, but they're not doing that with him this year. And so it's just like any other sport where you want to if you want to get somebody going, you got to get the ball in their hands, right? You've got to get the ball in his hands in easier situations than just trying to outrun everybody, right? Because that's just, is that part of his game? Yes, no question. But to enhance that part of his game, throw in some short stuff so it forces the defense to come down on him and play him close. That way he can run past people. And so that's all part of it. And you've got to get the ball in his hands to get him going. And so, like you said, jet sweeps, reverses, all of that. All those things you talked about, and if you if you motion him more, you know, do some of that kind of stuff. And like we didn't see a whole lot of the motion and stuff last week. And like you just wonder how much 
Tommy Reese is, you know, they, they've talked about there's going to be different game plans week to week. And it's like, you know, kind of like a, a mixer board, you know, you're like, you're sliding it up this week, you're sliding, you know, this down, you know, more base, less, tre you know, more treble, you know, all those different kind of things. And it's kind of like that with, with some of this, these motions and things that they can do with Braden Lindsay, you know, like just there, there are so many things with the different personnel packages that they have Lindsay yeah. included where you can set one thing up by doing another thing. And it just seems like using Braden Lindsay and the speed that he has, and, and even, you know, like showing some of that, you know, like jet sweep motion and stuff like that sets him up for a chance to do more stuff down the road. And, and like the double move type stuff that really hasn't been a part of, of things yeah. so far, you know, again, that'll, that can help him emphasize his speed. So I think all of the above could really get him going. <laughs> Absolutely. No doubt just, about there, that. There are just so many things that they haven't done. So, like, when I say all of the above, all the stuff that you mentioned, you know, plus, you know, again, it's like you show a little play action one way with, with Estime mm -hmm. or Tyree, and then you've got Braden Lindsay moving the other direction. You know, right. they're, they're, there's just – they just haven't capitalized on that speed that he's got so far. No, absolutely. It, it, like I said, if you want to get him going, quote-unquote, right – you need to get the ball in his hands and you've got to do it in a way that, you know, is easy for both the quarterback and for the receiver. You've got to get the ball in his hands. Right. Fred had a super chat earlier. He said, grab a beer with one BVG urban singer. Now who's singer? Who, who uh, that would I be Mike singer from blue and gold illustrated. Wow. I don't know how that managed to find its way in here i guess by default i'm gonna have to go urban because you know urban you know he can party a little bit he showed us he and he definitely knows how to bring the party to a party so i will uh pre i appreciate that it's yeah. gonna be urban for me as well uh i've i have had i have broken bread with mike singer so that that's out uh and 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 bvg i to have no desire to to eat or drink with him. So, and I, I saw him. I I was in the vicinity of him, and I don't know if it was his girlfriend or wife at the time. Um, at a frozen yogurt place right yes. after he got hired. That's the closest I've come to you know to, to breaking any bread with PVG. But I think it would I think it would be it would be fun to talk to Urban Meyer not only about football and about his life and all of that. And, and look, he he's obviously got his faults, but. One of his former receivers was a head coach that I worked with, you know, here locally. And so I'd love to ask him questions about him, you know, just to kind of needle Jay a little bit. I think that would yeah. be a lot of fun. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think it would be – I actually think it would be a lot of fun to – I didn't to, think about that connection. You're one degree removed from Urban Meyer, which makes me two degrees removed That's from right. Urban Meyer, right? <laughs> That's right. That's absolutely right. I've heard a lot of stories about Urban from Jay, but uh, I need to hear the, from the other direction, you know. All right. Game pick for tonight, Notre Dame and Stanford. Go. Oh, my goodness. Well, you look, this game is, you know, I, I said it in our picks earlier, is that we're headed into week six, and I still have a ton of questions about this team. I thought I would have a lot more of them answered to this point, but I don't, you know. And, you know, for example, can the O-line continue to move forward like we want them to? Can Drew Pine continue his hot streak if they continue to open the playbook. What is the linebacking core going to look like without Bo Bauer? 
right? Yeah. Can the interior D-line pick up the slack? Can Marcus Freeman get his team up to dominate an inferior opponent? I think that's a legit question right now compared, based on what we saw against Marshall and Cal. And so there's a lot of questions about this team. I, I think that they're going to show up. I think having it as a night game, even though I don't like it, I think the kids are going to get up for it. I think the players enjoy the atmosphere of a night game, right? And I think it's going to be a beautiful night in South Bend as far True. as the temperature and all that is concerned. So you're not going to be dealing with adverse weather conditions. They Remember how they reacted to the light show last year? Like they were digging the light show and there's right. going to be another one tonight. And so I, I just think that all the things surrounding – and Marcus Freeman, hopefully learning from his mistakes. I think he be, is able to get this team up for this game. I've got Notre Dame winning 31-17. I think it's going to be a couple score game. You know, I obviously don't have Notre Dame covering in that prediction because I think huh. they're a 17-point favorite. Uh, but I still think they win by a couple scores. Yeah. and I, it It is weird how they – like when you think about how this season has gone, they have not played well at home so far. Two of their basically their two worst games are at home, Marshall and Cal in back-to-back weeks. Now the second half of Cal was better, but really they played better away from home, whether it's at North Carolina or in Las Vegas or even the season opener against Ohio State. Can they kind of calm down maybe a little bit at home? You know, the distractions at home and all those different things. I think what would impress me the most is seeing the defense step up and play a complete game, you know, because like all these different things, the fact that Notre Dame should be able to run the ball against a really bad Stanford run defense and all this different stuff. Stanford gets about 65% of its offense out of the passing game and Notre Dame's defense, you know, like can they not give up a couple of those confounding big plays and or you know, an inexplicable long touchdown drive in the fourth quarter because we saw one of those again last week against BYU. Yeah, You know, and all those things have made some of these games closer than they need to be. I'm going to stick with how I feel this game should be, you know, like based on, you know, just, just looking at what these two teams are. I've got Notre Dame winning 42 to 20 tonight. So you do have them covering. Could it be lower scoring and a lot closer than that? Yes. But that's what I've got, you know, assuming these teams play to what they've shown they are so far. Yeah. No, look, it's funny because my prediction does not have Notre Dame covering, but I am like super tempted to take Notre Dame and minus the points. You know what I mean? It's just. Which Notre Dame team shows up? That's the biggest question. And I I think they're going to win this game. I think they're going to win by a couple scores. It's just that 17 points, man. It's kind of scary. Irish Blooded says we're on the same page, but he also says he'd like to see the offense step up and play a complete game. The defense has been doing more this year today. The offense is more about self-imposed game plans that have really, to me, that have dictated whether or not this team plays to its potential, you know, like what the game plan happens to be, you know, and like Jesse made a good point the other day, like with some of the personnel packages that they have, the fact that they have so many, you know, multiple personnel packages that can put the 
defenses in a bind, the way they're able to run, you know, personnel yeah. packages on and off, whether it's two backs here, two tight ends there. But I just I think you and I are on the same page. I don't like to see them got get hung up in these 12 and 13 personnel packages yeah. play after play, especially stop doing it in the red zone. Right. That's that's really what has kept them from scoring more points Agreed. is when, okay, we get into the red zone. Now we're going to downshift. We think we're going to be a power football team with all these tight ends, and they haven't been able to punch the ball in the end zone. Yep, absolutely. And and you know what? Let's not get into 13 personnel with our backs up against the goal line either. Like, that's true. There's a time and a place for 13 personnel, and I'm not saying that it shouldn't be in the playbook. I'm not saying that at all. It should be. But I don't like the way that they're using it currently, you know? Right, right. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, let's do some of these other picks before we wrap up our show today, Vince. Yeah, we're going to have to kind of fly through these a little bit uh, because yeah. we only have nine minutes, but that's okay. We will <laughs> do our best. So we're going to kind of do it in two categories, Sean. We're going to start with kind of national big picture games, and then we're going to do Notre Dame implication games and what that Okay. Looks like, okay. So here we go. Penn State, I'll, I'll set it up. You go, and then I'll go, and then I'll set it up. How, how about we just do that? Does that work? Okay. Yep. All right. So, number 10, Penn State travels to Michigan, a high noon start on Fox. That's their big noon Saturday game. Uh, I believe it's number 10, Penn State, number 5, Michigan. What say you? All right. We know Michigan hasn't played anyone. That that storyline has been played. You know, we know yeah. that. Penn State, you know, it's like, who have they really played? Auburn and Purdue are the two best yeah. teams they've played. But – Penn State still only allowing 80 rushing yards per game. But, you know, you've got these two unbeaten teams. You know, Michigan, their best win is what? Like Maryland, I guess. But Blake Corum, he has been almost an unstoppable freight train right now, averaging 122 rushing yards a game. We talked about Notre Dame's third down conversions earlier. Michigan, because of how they run the ball, is converting 45% on third downs this season so I, I like this to be around a touchdown game and i like michigan to win 27 to 20 we're pretty much in the same area i'm what i'm worried about and we talk about third down conversions penn state is 34 percent on the season and i think that is going to end up being a key stat in this one as well they stopped the run really well statistically but they've also played against teams that can't run the football yeah so you know you almost can throw that stat out and obviously michigan can run the ball pretty effectively and so I'm hoping for a close game. No one would love to see Michigan lose more than me, but I don't think that today is the day that that will occur. I've got Michigan 24, Penn State 17. 
in yeah. a top 10 matchup, which is scary. All right. All right. <clears throat> Next up on the list is number three, Alabama travels to number six, Tennessee. This may be the game of the day if we're not talking about, you know, our, our affinity for Notre Dame. This is going to be a very interesting game, Sean. It's at 3.30 on CBS. Yeah, and to me it comes down to one thing and one thing only. Is Bryce Young going to play right. for Alabama right. or not? And I don't know if you saw my picks. I, you know, Maybe you can say uh, I cheated, but I made two different picks. Ooh. One is if Bryce Young plays. The other is if he doesn't play. Because it's that's the factor. You know, The volunteer pass defense is their weakness. And if you have Bryce Young and you're Alabama – you can attack that. I'm not so confident they can. You know, John Milrow was competent last week against Texas A&M, but just competent is not going to cut it against this Tennessee team. They've got to be able to attack, and then you mix in Jameer Gibbs and the running, and then, you know, on the other side, you've got this volunteer offense that's really good. Alabama's defensive front should be able to make things more difficult for Hendon Hooker today. But again, I've got two different picks. With Bryce Young, Alabama wins 35-28. Without Bryce Young, Tennessee wins 28-24. Wow. Okay. So, neither, okay. all right. All right. So, I, you've got to respect that. You've I, got I to do. No, that. Look, not having the quarterback <laughs> is a huge thing. I'm not going to wager on this game, obviously, because no, of I wouldn't the Bryce touch, Young factor. I wouldn't touch it. I, but here's what I will say. I think Alabama wins either way. Okay, I, I do. I, and I, as much as I think Tennessee is a good offensive team, I think Hendon Hooker is a good quarterback, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think Tennessee has an opportunity to make some waves tonight. They have an opportunity. They could win this game. It would not surprise me, but I still feel like Alabama is Alabama at the end of the day. I don't think Tennessee is in their wheelhouse just yet. And so whether Bryce Young plays or not, I think Alabama wins 27-24. Okay. That's, that's more of a non-Bryce Young pick I think but I still think Alabama wins this game in the end okay fair enough all right one that is near and dear to your heart yes number 19 Kansas Jayhawks travel to Oklahoma it's at noon so that's four minutes from now I know that's why you want to get out of here it's on ESPN <laughs> too go ahead so the bad news for my Jayhawks is the starting quarterback Jalen Daniels Injured his shoulder against TCU last week at the end of the first half. Now, his status has been in question all week. There were reports he was going to be out all season. That's apparently not the case anyway, according to what they are saying. But he is not going to play this game, barring okay. some miracle. But the good news is, last year's starter, Jason Bean, came yeah. in in the second half against the Horn Frogs last week, threw for nearly 250 yards and four touchdowns. The question with him is, can he avoid the critical mistake? There was an interception that he threw last week that that essentially led to what was the deciding touchdown. Oklahoma gets Dylan Gabriel, their quarterback, this week back after he missed last week with a concussion. But here's the thing. You know, that's going to help them, but it's not going to help their defense, which gave up nearly 300 rushing yards per game, per Ouch. game to Kansas State, TCU, and Texas. 300 rushing yards per game. So – do this, and Vigo asked earlier for if I got my picks in. Kansas plus eight and a half, that's a lock, okay? They're 5-0-1 against the spread this yeah. season after TCU last week when they pushed it seven points. I think they're going to go to Norman. They're going to win this game 45-35, to 35, which means pound the over as well. I Yeah, that's a good call. I, you know, 
I don't care who the quarterback is for Kansas. You and I could be the quarterback for Kansas and still put points up on Oklahoma. That's how bad their defense is. Yeah. It's, it's really, really bad. So I've got Kansas winning as well. I've got them winning 37-28, and I would take Kansas in the points because either way, you're going to win that one. There's no, <laughs> there's no doubt about it. That's right. That's right. And I do have that parlay, by the way. So you go. <laughs> Good Just for you. For you. <laughs> Good for you. Hey, I've been I've been on the Kansas parlays all week. And you know, again, they pushed on that seven last week. Yeah. So yep. And I, I haven't gotten mine in, and I don't know if I'm I'm not gonna get them in before 12 o'clock kickoff. So I need to get moving here. Yeah. All right. So now these are gonna have all all these are gonna have a Notre Dame flair to them. We'll kind of roll through them here a little bit. Number seven USC travels to Utah, number 20 Utah. Utah is favored by three and a half, eight o'clock tonight on Fox. Yeah, and you know, Lincoln Riley's done what he's supposed to do so far. USC is six and oh, they've beaten up on a bunch of tomato cans. Yeah, they have. You know, but you know, they're they're plus fifteen in the turnover margin, and they also have twenty-four sacks to lead the nation. So they're killing it in those categories. But the Utes have only allowed five sacks this season. Part of it's because they run the ball so well. And that's basically this game. Utah is going to be much more physical than USC has seen. That is their weakness. They just haven't, you know, seen an opponent that can take advantage of it. So I've got Utah winning 35-27. I've got Utah winning by a field goal, 27-24. I think they out-physical USC on the road. Excuse me, Utah plays better at home, and they play with more physicality at home. I think that continues. This will be the first time that USC gets punched in the mouth. I want Utah to win this game. Um, I, I, I really do. And I know that maybe people will say it's better for USC to win, you know, strength of schedule and all that. Yeah, They're going to be ranked. Notre Dame plays them. I still think Utah's going to win. Yeah. All right. NC state. They're number 15. They travel to Syracuse. They're number 18. You, Syracuse is a three and a half point favorite. The game is at three 30 on the ACC network. Yeah, you know, and this is NC State. Their their only loss is to Clemson. Syracuse, their best win is Purdue. I like NC State winning a close one. I'm going the other way. I've got Syracuse 28, NC State 24. And the reason is, and this is a bit of a, this is a homer pick to a degree. I need Syracuse to win this game because they're going to get beat next week against Clemson. I want them to be ranked when Notre Dame plays them. So that's another ranked <laughs> opponent that Notre All Dame right against all right clemson florida state number four clemson unranked florida state at florida state clemson's a three only a three and a half point favorite 7 30 tonight on abc yeah florida state's lost to wake forest and nc state since the four and oh start this is going to be three in a row clemson wins and clemson wins big i mean i, yeah. I florida state's just not ready to hang with clemson yet it's going to be a couple score game i'm not even going to give you points it's going to be a couple scores and it's not going to be as exciting as anybody wants it to be Right. Arkansas, BYU, 3.30 ESPN. This will wrap it up for us. Interesting one here. The Hogs have had a tough run with Texas A&M, Alabama, Mississippi State. They played Mississippi State without their starting quarterback last week. He's supposed to be back this week. Arkansas averages 233 rushing yards a game. BYU's kryptonite, as we saw last week. And uh, so even though Arkansas is a slight underdog, I like them to go into Provo and win. I'm still on the Arkansas bandwagon. I believe they, they they get their quarterback back. I get all these teams confused after a while, but I, I still like Arkansas in this one. I was not really all that impressed with BYU. Was their quarterback injured? Maybe, but he wasn't even the best quarterback on the field last week. I don't think he's going to be the best quarterback on the field this week. 
So I'm taking Arkansas on the road as well. And I'll heck, I'll take Arkansas on the point since I think they're going to win outright. All right. You froze up for a minute on my end. I'm worried that it might be my internet. So oh. we'll just go ahead and wrap it up. And uh, don't forget that special Irish Breakdown show coming up at 3.30 this afternoon. They're going to be over there by the Golden Dome. You won't want to miss it. Some uh, special stuff coming up during that show. So thanks to everyone for joining us. As always, we had a great one today. Vince, I will uh, see you in a few hours over at the stadium. Yes, you will. I'll be three sports deep at that point. So I will see you then. All right. We'll talk to you guys later. And, of course, the post-game show coming up after the game later on tonight as well. It'll be a late one. So uh, don't uh, don't pound too many of your beverages. Bring your coffee. Later <laughs> it's a marathon, not a sprint, people. Absolutely. We'll talk to you later. IB Countdown to kickoff. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.